Imagine a story in a realm, a faraway realm, with a crumbling empire. Alright, and there's a tyrant king on the throne, okay? Uh, he's just destroying everything, you know, he's so bad. He's got a weird color skin from every other human in the realm, okay? And so, eventually, people get tired of this, and they depose of him, right? Mm -hmm. uh, violently, okay? Um, let's see, what what happens next in the story? I believe a, a new king... A new king comes to power. He's benevolent, right. he's but beloved. he dies right before the mm -hmm. coronation. He dies, okay? He's the, yeah, he's loved by everyone. Um, so, the alchemists of the realm come together... And they create these clones, okay? These body doubles. The, uh, the lizard-like warlocks create these clones for the benevolent king to make the people believe that he's still, you know, the, the ruler, right? While they secretly rule from behind the curtain. And so they have these clones, and the clones all look relatively different. They look like the original benevolent king, but just small differences here and there, right? But if you put them side by side, you can tell, okay, that's two different individuals. Mm -hmm. But the people don't know. They make public appearances, you know. And when one dies, they just create a new one, mm -hmm. right? And so the whole time, you know, these lizard-like alchemists are ruling the kingdom, this crumbling empire, you know, from behind the scenes. But all is well because at least the mad tyrant is no longer mm -hmm. on the throne. It's a pretty crazy story. Yes. Well, the kind of cold that was a uh, real life, you know. Oh, Imagine the situation playing out. How would it end, you know? Right, right. Anyway, today we're doing our uh, our six-month retrospective on the uh, Biden administration. Right. On a completely unrelated yeah. note, by the way. <clears throat> so, this has been quite the requested episode. Everybody has been... Hammering us about it. Informing us that they would like... To hear us talk about the contemporary state of things in a more current events vein. Mm -hmm. So, half a year into the Joe Biden presidency. That's pretty crazy. It's been that long already. Feels like yesterday got sworn in. All right. the GameStop stuff was happening, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What, are your, uh, what are your impressions thus far? Uh, there's a title of one of the uh, Left Behind books, I believe it's called. I believe it is uh, Desecration. The Beast has taken the throne. Okay. okay. Yeah, so that's my very mild-mannered take on it. Um, for me personally, I forgot we had the institution of the presidency for a couple months there. It's very uh, quiet. Yeah, it's nothing real, a lot happening. Mm -hmm. You know, the girl boss PR team has just kind of been running things in mm -hmm. that in that area. Um. Yep. My my first impressions is that I, I see that I see a lot of just kind of deflecting like, you know, hey, I've only been in office for so long, you know, give mm -hmm. me a break. We've seen a lot of that. And every little uh, like misspeak he does, like, oh, he's just stuttering. You know, it's like, you know, <clears throat> every other word he says is like something like that sounds outrageous from an outsider's perspective. It's always, you know, excuse, not the sign of like any sort of, you know, perhaps mental decay. Yeah, oh yeah. I tell you what though, I've never seen the press treat a president as bad as this. Oh no. I've never the seen the press worst. as hard as uh, on this man as, mm -hmm. as they I mean it's like they pitch softballs to the last guy and this mm -hmm. guy they just he cannot catch a break. Ruthless. Mm-hmm. Tell you what. He only had sixty four days to not have to do a not have to do a a, a public press conference. Like yeah. at a outrageously short amount of time. Right. I mean it's not that, you know, honestly, being president, it can't be that hard. I mean, it's not like he's... Just sign the bills, Jack. That's what you got to do. It's not like he's running way. a podcast or anything I like know. that. You know, there's... We're, we're the most persecuted group of people, honestly. Truly. Next truly. to mobile gamers. Oh, oh yeah. People who play games on their phone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Them, podcasters. Yeah. Some of the most marginalized occupations in yes, the country. Sure. For sure. So... um. Let's see, I got some clips here. Let's play some clips. Right. Let's pull up the sound bites. All right. Here, here. I, let's start with this one. This is my favorite one. Okay. 
The Second Amendment from the day it was passed limited the type of people who could own a gun and what type of weapon. Those who say the blood of the the blood of patriots, you know, and all the stuff about how we're going to have to move against the government. Well, the tree of liberty is not water with the blood of patriots. What's happened is that there are never been, if you wanted to think you need to have weapons to take on the government, you need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. The point is that there's always been the ability to limit, rationally limit the type of weapon that can be owned and who can own it. Yeah, Harry Knox didn't roll those privately owned cannons of his up Bunker Hill. No, that didn't happen. I think it's pretty cool how you need nuclear weapons to defend against the federal government, but if you're armed with a smartphone and a protest sign, you can just walk into the most secure building mm-hmm. in the most powerful country. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I think that Definitely that's not paper cool. tiger. Yeah, and and have like minimal casualties. I think that's pretty. Pretty epic. That's pretty cool. How, you know, you need nuclear armament, but can just waltz in. Hey, Jack, if we try to uh, overthrow us, we'll do strafing runs and nuclear strikes on our own soil. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not like our past few, you know, warfare enemies have been, what, like farmers and... Yeah, farmers and, you know, goat herders. Yeah. 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 We want to crushing victories over those, uh, those, those impoverished third world nations. Decisive American victories. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, now... You know, people want to count Vietnam as a loss, but you know, let's 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 be honest. Vietnam well, has McDonald's. Exactly, let's say that. You know, we've got McDonald's. You know, to the Chinese more than we do. I mean, who who really lost? You know. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. So he said, uh, you know, the the Constitution doesn't guarantee like the at at the time, you know, the right to privately owned cannons. Now. I'm not a constitutional law expert, um, but I, if if I'm not mistaken, at the time the Constitution was signed, the Bill of Rights was was you know put into effect. There were privately owned what are they called like galleons, the, yeah. the ships, warships, armed. Most of them were like a lot were like smoker vessels, but some were quite large. Right, well, cargo ships, but they all had you know cannons on them. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's a warship for I mean, all. Yeah, it was purposes. a thing, you know, against like pirates and stuff. Right, you know? right, and that went Audition. on for a while. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, private trade going up and down the, the coast, the yeah. east coast. It's like nineteen like sixty five, I think, maybe a little later, give or take a few years. You could like mail order guns. Yeah. And any easily like anyone could do it, right? Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna have to call him on that one. I, mm-hmm. I you know, I. I mean, that's that's a big stretch, uh, from. I mean, we have know, more AR gun control 15s. now we ever had in our history. Yeah, the AR-15 boogeyman. I would. I wouldn't mind owning a warship. I would live that's on it. Awesome. I want a tank, but like, um, not those like wimpy ones. Have not. Like, you can't. You can't be able to drive or anything. No, like I can drive around my neighborhood. We have my neighbors. You know, build a shoot out of it. You know. Right, right. Defend my, defend my little uh, patch of batch of, of land. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Here we have our next clip. All right, here's the vaccine. Okay, this is a big one. So let's see. Let's pull. Up. Jamie, pull up that clip. Okay. Yes, sir. There's a reason why it's been harder to get African Americans initially to get vaccinated because they used to be an experimented on the Tuskegee Airmen and others. People have memories. People have long memories. It's awful hard as well to get Latinx vaccinated as well. Why? They're worried that they'll be vaccinated and deported. What? So look, from day one, something that Governor Cooper has been totally focused on is making sure we get as many people vaccinated, particularly people who don't have access test the healthcare usually who don't man i i wouldn't mind being vaccinated and deported that's like a free vacation <laughs> and healthcare all in one mm-hmm. that'd be kind of cool yeah, i like to go to uh angula mr president i'm a i'm a sworn yeah. citizen there um yeah i'm a i'm a citizen of tijuana so mm-hmm. give me my vaccine and just crate me off <laughs> um i i think it's funny the whole latinx or latinx whatever or you pronounce it it's not. It's I, not like linguistic imperialism, guys. We're just correcting them. Yeah, that's absolutely like a white 
neoliberal. Oh, yeah. I have. I mean, I have seen a few Hispanics too, but most people I heard like, no, like you, you're Pendejo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the experimented on, you know, a trend that I see. I don't know if you see the same, but since a lot of the COVID mandate, like mask mandates, stuff like that, have been lifted, I've noticed that it's really, it's really only like. The white people that seem to be resisting. I don't know if you've noticed that. Like, when I'm in the grocery store, it's generally the only people who Affluent have completely stopped wearing uh, masks and all that are, have been white people. Um, have you noticed that? Yeah, I noticed mostly a lot of people at stores. I notice, you know, they generally have them on. Right. So I don't. I, just, I don't understand it. I think it's a case by case thing. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I think in you know, general. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the thing about Joe Biden is I don't, I mean, he's being fed all this, of course. Like, there's no way. Uh, how old is he? He's, he's like 70. Seven. Well, he's legally 70. I'm sure he's like 142 or something in his, in his yeah. host body. But uh, yeah. yeah, he's like 78 years old. I think almost, maybe almost 79. I'm not sure when right. his birthday is. Or he would be. This this body yeah. is probably about two or three years old. If that. Yeah. Um, there's no way a 70-something-year-old man knows the term latinx there's just there's some you know he's it's just funny because i don't i don't dislike joe biden as an individual i think he's entertaining uh, and obviously it's something you need a politician honestly is entertainment yeah that, yeah that's true but you know it's it's just so clear that he's fed these you know blue anon mm-hmm. uh blue wave yeah, 2024 whatever. right facebook argument talking points you know, and he says that, and it's just, it kind of sucks hearing the president say this, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, Trump would just make something up about how your dad killed JFK. Uh, and, and you know, Joe Biden's just having these, you know, just cringe, know, surface like, level. It's like he, he like, got into politics when he was, like, when, like, Kennedy or LBJ was president. It was, like, the people he probably looked up to, and it's like... Bro, he doesn't know what he doesn't know what he, he doesn't know, he doesn't know what any of this is, man. Yeah, yeah. This is all foreign to him. He's an old man. Oh yeah. See, that's like he was talking about good government liberalism. You know, great society, new frontier, yeah. kind of stuff. This is probably scary for him being fed all these words. He has no idea what they mean. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, I feel like, man, I'm only like 23, and I like I hear words that like the kids are saying these days. Like I like like me and my uh, course group of friends here. Term into the word cap, like I know what that was. Like imagine being, you know, like seventy-eight years old and being learned what you know, all these like these overeducated people with like BAs in journalism from like NYU are making up every week, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. That's just Well, here we have a here we have probably my favorite clip that I'll play real quick. Uh in which he calls an individual fat Amazing. for disagreeing with him. Uh, now, no, hang on. I got the. Uh, I had the. The script pulled up, of what he said, but I appear to have lost it. So anyway, here's the clip of him saying "fat." So I, I think here I'll fact check here. missing context. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of a Trumpian move. Mm-hmm. Respect, honestly. Yeah. Um, sometimes you just gotta call a guy fat for mm-hmm. disagreeing with you. Sometimes you just gotta yep. lay it out. Hey, it's like a memory TV kind of debate, you know? Right, exactly. Uh, by Allah, you will eat my shoe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They remember, like, I think it was like the first, like, few, maybe like a month in the presidency. Some uh, anonymous, I think it was anonymous White House staffer. I don't know. If, I don't know if it's been identified. We kind of got buried under the news cycle. Said that uh, Joe Biden called off a drone strike because there were children spotted nearby. And you know, there's like no other verification besides that. And it's just like, come on, it's not real. Yeah, there's like no it's way. just like hmm, yeah. it's a nice little easy PR victory we can get here. Like, oh, we'll just say that, you know. Right. Yeah, he probably uh, he probably has. I don't know. The, I just can't see him even knowing. Just the president in general, I just can't see them knowing about every little, you know, thing the CIA yeah. or whoever does. Yeah, and it's just like, I don't know, depends on the presidency style too. It's like, you know, 
like Carter was like hands on on everything, while Reagan was a little more like devolving power. But and I can imagine like Biden probably has to devolve power just because of his age. Mm. Even if you don't think he has dementia or anything, it's like he kind of has to at this point. Plus, the country's even more complex than it was like when again like since like you know it was seventies or whatever. Right. Another funny story about him. I remember reading this. This was during the campaign. And I read this. It was, uh, I think he was being dropped off for like uh, applying for a job as a lifeguard. This is 1961. And I believe it was uh, Wilmington, Delaware, around that, not that area in Delaware when he was growing up. He's, anyway, uh, he says, my dad, my dad dropped me off at the town square. Okay, I can't do his voice very well. but And there were two men in suits standing in a corner. And the light was red. And they kissed as I was getting out of the car. And he said, what he said is, this is, of course, a very PR article. It says, what his father said next, Biden will never forget. I looked back at my dad because I hadn't seen him before. And he said, it's simple, Joe. They love each other. So you're telling me in the uh, 1960s, I believe Delaware was a Jim Crow state. I know Maryland was, I believe, because it was still like old Dixie crack kind of style. But you see in like that kind of like environment, you know, that two gay men would be kissing in the middle of town square in 1961. And it's just like, come on. Right. No way um, this was real. And you think like a... A guy his, like a guy his like his father, dad, who's, who's probably, probably like probably born at the very start of the twentieth century, would be okay with if that. Not the nineteenth, yeah, it was fine. It's like, yeah, man. Like I mean, no, like people don't like you. You can see up polls in like like the like the eighties and nineties of people like you know overall majorities like opposing same sex marriage, homosexuality overwhelmingly. And you think in the sixties, your you know your dad who's like a new who's like a New Deal probably a New Deal Democrat was like just okay with that. Like I don't know. Mm-hmm. And, she's like, and he's like, and there's no verification or in this his hearsay. I'm like, come on. Right. Here's another one of my favorite quotes of his. You cannot go to a seven eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. You agree with that? Yeah, probably. I mean, I've never don't, I don't have them down here, so Yeah, we don't. We went to that one in DC. That's the only one I've mm-hmm. ever been in. Yeah. Um that's big if true. Yep. They just you walk in and you have to do like a dialect check. You can like read a script, and if you don't get the Indian accent right, they'll know mm-hmm. it's fake kick and you out. kick you out. Yeah. Dang, I, f- I thought white boy summer was supposed to solve these issues we face. Hate mm-hmm. to see it. Um, just looking at uh, Joe Biden quotes. Okay, I think the only reason. Clarence Thomas is on the court is because he is black. Now he he uh he was one of the senators on the confirmation hearing for Clarence Thomas, if I'm not mm-hmm. I believe he was on the Judiciary Committee. Yeah, he's yeah. trying to get, stop his nomination. And he tried to stop, yeah, he tried to block. That's interesting. You know, that's another thing about just this whole situation, and I'll get into it in a minute about just the whole, you know, dichotomy of 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 leftist versus neoliberal um, in relation to Joe mm-hmm. Biden's, you know, receiving. But what's interesting is that, you know, he has he has kind of a, 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 a shady past in regards to race relations, yeah. you know, things that he says. I mean, Delaware was much more Southern culturally back then anyway. It's, it's yeah. changed a lot. Like there's the comment he made about uh, desegregation, about, Busting turning, and all that. Yeah, well, something turning something into a jungle, you know, um, you know. So he's got all these, but it's it's just interesting that, you know, and and, and obviously people's politics change, but you know, I, I think once you reach adulthood, yeah, I mean, you know, you're, you're you're cemented mostly in what you're going to believe the rest of your life. Right, I mean, at that right. point, and there's the core stuff, right? And you know, he was the VP for the first black president, you know, and he's got an ethnic woman as his VP, you know, but it's just so hard to separate all of this from the PR approach mm-hmm. to it. You know, um, I do genuinely believe that he is in favor of fixing issues within the marginalized communities. You know, I do think that he does toe the party line in that sense, but you know, like many have pointed out, he is essentially a, you know, neoliberal capitalist. And that's the issue that a lot of people, you know, we see a lot of discourse <clears throat> on the left wing about this, you know, in the sense that, you know, he's, he's not going to finally change anything. Right. He's, he's a 
late 20th century president. Mm-hmm. You know, we have Tuco giving commentary uh, here again with us. Yes, always nice to have him. If you if you can hear him, um, but yeah, I I think that that's real interesting that you know he's kind of the current progress, especially with the climate. You know, we post Ahmad Arbery, post George Floyd discourse. You know, this is who their champion is. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just find I mean, that twenty twenty was a you know, I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not like condoning or condemning your side here, but saying this, but it was a very like revolutionary year. Like right. American culture and pol- well, politics, political culture, at least fundamentally did change as a result, you know, of racial rioting and unrest and such. And, you know, of course, you know, what happened on January 6th and all that. And, you know, finally change, you know, the, the political dichotomy of our country in that. And we get, you know, the old guard essentially back in power, you know, each been each the president like in the nineties, you know, not in like, you know, the current year 2020. Right. Right. Um, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll touch back on that in a minute. Mm-hmm. I found this other quote. I never had an interest in being a mayor because that's a real job. You have to produce. That's why I was able to be a senator for 36 years. That's actually pretty good. That's, that's pretty, you know, uh, everybody likes a self-deprecating uh, politician, you know. Uh, Tuku's got a lot to say today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I definitely, and you know, that that's another big thing that, you know, if if you've ever talked to me about state and local politics, they are monumentally more important than federal, or I guess in the sense that more impactful, I should say. You yeah, know, on a day-to-day basis, yeah. Right. You affect people's individual lives so much more. Um, so I do have to give them props for that, uh, recognizing the mm-hmm. more community-based, localized level of, of governance, and it's important. Um, but yeah, so, uh, and then the, the, the last one I wanted to touch, touch on before we really dive into the analysis is the whole corn pop thing. Oh no. Which I, it's just so infinitely entertaining. When when was this given? Do you remember? I remember hearing about it. This was, uh. Was this during his campaign or was it before? Yeah, yeah, this was during his campaign. It was about a year and a half ago and he was at... I can't find where it was at, but he was at some, it was like an, you know, inner city, urbanized public pool. Uh, the pictures from it are all him with, you know, he's the only white man present. Um, and so he's talking, and he was a lifeguard. He's a former lifeguard. And so he's talking. Just like Clint Eastwood. Oh, really? Yeah, Clint okay. Eastwood. He's, he's used lifeguard while simultaneously uh, fighting in the Korean War. Okay, cool, cool. Um, so anyway, he yells at this guy, it was a black man, you know, to get off this diving board, uh, and he used his real name, which was Esther. Now, Esther liked to go by the name Corn Pop, that was his, his uh, street name. You know, basically, off you know, a serial name is very, is very tough gang name. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so Corn Pop didn't like that. He said, I'm going to meet you outside. And so Joe Biden... Went and got a chain from the the warehouse, and he walked out there, and he said, you know, hey, I apologize for calling you Esther. That was wrong with me, but, you know, if you and I are going to go at this, I'm going to wrap this chain around your head or something to that effect. Um, And so the corn pop did not, he had like, he and his gang had like knives or whatever, and they did not end up stabbing him either because he apologized or because... He was gonna wrap a chain around his head and probably get away with it because he was white, of course. Um, I just find that very interesting. There's a lot of speculation that this did not happen. It probably did. I think it probably did. It's just very entertaining that this I is the story he decided to tell. For a corn pop and a local Wilmington, there was a mature claim corn pop. So at the very least, he was like a real person. Mm-hmm. But it was conversation happened, you know. It's you know, yeah. Well, no, because you know, corn pop's dead now. So it's very entertaining that, or, or interesting, I should say, that this is the story he chose to tell to his African American constituency. I almost kill, I almost kill one of y'all back in the day. <laughs> yeah, it's like why would you? And there's there's a bunch of children present, just listening to this, and it's like I don't. But you know that's amazing. That's yeah. That's like that's the whole 
bread and circuses of it, you know, because Trump did stuff like this, you know. Yeah, I mean, he had like you know stories like this, but you know, right. This was more. That's something I didn't like see really. I mean, I, I mean, I could be wrong. I don't really watch the news at all. I barely even read it. But you know, something like this. I, mean, I hate to see like you know it was the other way around, but it's like yeah, we would have like heard about this by now, you know. Yeah. Like everyone heard, everyone heard like the Trump bone spur story or something or tiny hands or whatever, but stuff like this, you know, I don't, I need to remember this, you know, until you like mentioned it. Right. Interesting. Um, yeah, I see, as we mentioned in our first episode, that when Donald Trump got elected, that was just cataclysmic, mm-hmm. you know, it forever changed so much, but especially the presidency, mm-hmm. you know. Donald Trump better reflected where we're at culturally mm-hmm. in America than Joe Biden by far, I mm-hmm. think. You know, just the more incendiary nature, you know, just in your face, you know. like Of course, you know, more of the populism rather than like, you know, strict market economics. Right, right. Uh, yeah, policy-wise, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was, a, for all intents and purposes, Donald Trump is a 90s Democrat, policy-wise. Mm-hmm. And so the election of Joe Biden is just such a step backwards. You know, Obama was kind of the end of the 20th, late 20th century trend of presidents. You know, just the really after... Kind of post-war consensus kind of Right. Thing. Well, really, I would really take it as far forward in time as... Uh, or sorry, as far back in time as Teddy Roosevelt. You know, of just having the... Gruff American, mm-hmm. you know, facial hair, didn't wear suits, really. Oh, yeah, you know, wore just, suits, but, you know, it was more. Yeah, well, they weren't, you know, the it wasn't the, the clean-cut businessman-looking yeah, yeah. corporate, mm-hmm. you know, president. But, but we especially front. see that start, I would say, more pronounced, starting with Truman and going up. You know, the post-World War II, which, of course, that was the... Uh, that was our second episode as well, mm-hmm. uh, talking about just the, the post-World War II uh, wet concrete that would form, you know, the the next few decades. And so, you know, I think Joe Biden is part of that kind of old guard of just, mm-hmm. you know, very corporatized, clean-cut, you know, watch what you say, you know... Uh, almost role model mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't necessarily count it as a bad thing um, in the sense of just the, you know, aesthetic of it. Mm-hmm. But I do think policy-wise, it's not where we're at. No. You know? I mean, it's, it's pretty clear that, you know, among the youth especially, the young Republicans prefer Trump policy, at least Trump policy, may not, may not much as they can. You, know, you can make a debate around that. And mm-hmm. young people prefer Bernie Sanders policy. You know, it's just... Right. You can just see where... It's growing there, and, you know, those kind of people never get elected, duped one way or another. Right. As a side note, if I can go on a tangent for a second. No. uh, One thing that everybody always said was like, oh, yeah, I like Trump, but, you know. He's a guy off his Twitter. But, yeah, I just wish he would uh, watch his mouth and, you know, get off Twitter and stuff like that. And I just, I could not disagree more because I think that's where his his power in lied. You know, like that, that's... That's what gave Trump, you know, that that oomph, you know, that mm. that power to do what he did, you know, is just that platform, the unbridled, uncensored, mm. you know, all caps. Yeah, I think the posts. I, don't know, I, I might go on another. Ta- I want, might go on tangent there. If, that's unrelated, but I guess there's a way, you know, to kind of work, like take that raw, powerful energy, the aggressiveness, the kind of like sleeves rolled up, gloves, mask off, kind of gloves, kind of thing. Mm. But, you know, if, like, more of an unbridled past, that could be more effective. But I, I get you mean, like, the kind of style of it. Yeah. The charisma of it. Yeah. With Joe Biden, it's just, you know, I mean, you you put a, you put a micro, you hold a microphone up to the face of any old guy. He's going to say something entertaining, you know, just something off the wall or, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it's just the, my my biggest complaint is that it's very clear that, you know, it's it's not Joe Biden running the show you know, it's his administration, you know, the people behind the scenes, you know, his his cabinet, mm-hmm. his staff, you know, it's I mean, just... I remember, I don't remember why I really, really can present, like, the ja- I think the Japanese, the Japanese prime minister, I believe it was, 
came to the D.C. to meet him, and it was Kamala Harris that greeted him and talked to him. Biden was nowhere to be seen, you know? Right. And also early talks, because, you know, it's like a, that's like a thing. When new president gets sworn in, they call a bunch of leaders of the prominent nations, have a phone call with them or whatever, which is basically just, usually it's just the same old crap. But, I mean, it's just, and Kamala did a, most of those, I believe, if not all of them. So, I mean, it's clear, like, he's not pulling the string. He's a, he's a glorified figurehead of anything. Mm. Yeah, um... Now Kamala, that's a we we should talk about her. Um, All right, our girl the, boss VP. Yeah, our girl boss VP. I where do I even begin? You know, she. I don't. I, I saw a clip recently, and it was you know, um, some anchor. You know, oh well, vice president, why? You know, why haven't you visited the border or something? And and she, you know, she starts giving her answer. And there's a pause, and the anchor keeps questioning. And she's like, excuse me, I was talking. You know, and, and just the whole, like, you can't overlook what Kamal Harris and Joe Biden said to and about each other in the debates, you know, in the during the presidential campaign. You just can't look at these things and and say, oh yeah, they you know they definitely have a good relationship. Surely it's not a PR move at all, you know. Surely this was the idea of Joe Biden to begin with, you know. But the the thing about Kamala Harris is that, like I said with the the interrupt comment, she just doesn't pull off the 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 snark or you know the incendiary, you know. That mannerism, the way Trump did, or even Biden did, you know, when he's mm-hmm. when he called that guy fat, you know, <laughs> he she just doesn't have. It's just very much, you know, nagging middle school teacher. Yeah, I people have said she has like the personality of like a like a petty authoritarian vice principal. That's what I put it. One that like yeah. always nagging in dress codes. Tuck your shirt and take that hat off. You know, hey wait. Like why you hey why you take it he wears your hall pass kind of person you know yeah. that kind of personality you know yeah. people still like that about like Hillary Clinton like she had like the like take out the trash kind of voice like like a nagging wife to a husband that's why it turned yeah. a lot of people off to her right yeah the yeah I, that is interesting the because uh, then he got you put Pete Buttigieg as the what is a transportation <laughs> secretary that is funny how we're seeing like all the all the uh, the ghosts of the Dem campaign, mm-hmm. you know, trail. It's kind of funny. Service. It's, I know it's like an old joke. It's like a joke in Washington. That's like Secretary of Transportation is the one you give to like the idiot. You kind of have to set. That's one demographic you have to satisfy. Yeah. So, I mean, House of Cards may have some more jab at that one yeah. of the seasons, but Pete Buttigieg is very is a very entertaining character. Um, I remember his husband posted on like the Instagram story or whatever oh I'm in Target uh, you know where's Pete I can't find him and then he finds him like in the Lego aisle and Bruh. I don't know he's just, he's just he's just such a like just such an interesting character in both a good and a bad way like he's definitely got like a cursed energy to him um, but it's also like Wow, this this individual seems to be just straight up a child in a man's body, like just in his mannerisms. So average kind of average millennial, then. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Yeah, just the Peter Pan. Yeah. Who is, are there any other uh, familiar names in his administration? Uh, Merrick Garland. Remember oh, him? Yeah. Well, if you all don't remember, he was the uh, person Obama nominated to uh, replace Anthony Scalia after the deep state had Scalia formally executed. For a little reason, that's a joke. Uh, and Merrick Garland is like, I remember reading like his like, he's like Wikipedia article, he's like the most like blatantly boring, centrist person they could find. He just like maintained the status quo, essentially. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, in politics, you know, they try to stop it. They stopped his nomination successfully and got... Uh, What's his name, man? Gorshik and yeah. So he had to force had to appoint him in there, just to like as like I guess like just to be spiteful and vindictive, I guess. But uh, mm. uh, oh, also you know our first 
It's kind of funny, like that. Like, remember, like reading the news articles when his Secretary of Defense was announced. It would be the first, you know, black man to be Secretary of Defense, yeah. and like, like how great of a victory it is for you know diverse or whatever. But it's just like like a week before he was sitting on the board of Raytheon selling missiles to the Pentagon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, it's yeah, just, like come on, guys, like yeah, yeah you're being duped on some that. Uh, Dick Cheney energy. Yep. So, I found this other clip. Of Joe Biden, I think it's interesting. You know, I talked about how he likes to deflect at press conferences. Like, you know, hey, it's only been 100 days, man. Give me a break. You know, he says things like this. Um, So here's this clip. Uh, He just starts whispering at this guy. So the guy asks him, uh, you know, about, you know, something that he hasn't done. Is he whispering? Yeah. Pay them more. This is an employee's employee's bargaining chip now. What's happening? That's such a... Why was he whispering? I've never seen that clip before. You see I think it's just the sarcastic nature. Yeah, like, but you're, hey, hey, guess what? You know, it's like, yeah, so it's I like, get it. But, you have that kind of energy. It's like, don't try yeah. to... I don't know. Like, I'm like... I'm like it's like, you know, out of us too, like I admit, like Colin is the funnier one out of us, but it's like, I don't try to steal thunder or anything with it. Like I know my place, but it's just like, come on, bro. He's trying to, it's like, okay, but okay, Mr. President, they're trying to say you don't have enough charisma. But it's, it's, dude, let's say some funny stuff when you're, when you're doing the prep conferences. It's, it's kind of like that kind of energy, you know? Right. But it's like, right. you just don't pull that off, you know? Like, just to show you the contrast of the former president. All right. Here's a, here's a clip from the former president. And help them to see the evil doings of Israel and the United States. Okay, so th- that was our former president. You know, he's just, he's loud, he's projecting, mm-hmm. definitely alpha male. You know, and Joe Biden, Joe Biden is struggling to even scrape by, like, sigma male. You know, he's definitely mm-hmm. got, like, this whole beta yep. thing going on of just, you know. So please pray for our president in exile at Mar-a-Lago. You know, he's our, our, imp- our former Emperor Napoleon. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, he's, it's just, well, you know, you see, it's definitely, uh, he's definitely got the, you know, yes, honey energy mm-hmm. to him of like, happy wife, happy life, you know? Right. And, and I'm not just saying that about Jill Stein or whatever, you know, but it's like, what? Uh, you said Jill Stein. Oh, my bad. Jill Biden. Former Green Party candidate. You said Jill Stein. <laughs> okay. Jill Stein, Joe Biden. I ship it, honestly. Uh, Jill Biden. That's his wife, right? Yes. Am I not just... Okay. Just it's making like a, sure I didn't mm, just make up... I think she's like younger than him. Too. Person. Um, yeah, he's just got... But aside from that, like he's just got like the... Oh, yeah, whatever you guys want me to say kind of energy... Uh, and this is completely speculation, of course. You know, there's nothing, yeah, yeah, yeah. nothing based in fact. You know, but what else is new for the show? But uh, you know, th- there was a there was a push during you know right before he got elected. I use that term very loosely. Um, of you know, oh, we're gonna push Biden left. We're gonna get him in office. We're gonna get the fascist out of office, and we're gonna get Biden in. And then we're gonna push him left, you know, because Bernie lost. So, you know, we're gonna we're we're literally gonna make Joe Biden an anarcho syndicalist. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be great, you know. We're gonna have the revolution. And then he just turned out to be another Obama. capitalist Democrat, mm-hmm. you know. That he's gonna cancel student debt any day now. He just one swipe of his pen, and he'll be gone. Right. It's like, come on, guys. Right. Yeah. Just that's. That was that was a pipe dream, quite frankly, mm-hmm. you know. But it's like you know, we talked about kind of the purity. We've talked about that in, in the past, you know. A lot of people in the MAGA movement, oh yeah, yeah like, were quick to, you know, denounce heavily, you know, at the slightest, you know, break from the expectation out of Trump. You know, mm-hmm. oh, oh he, you know, oh he sided with Israel on this one thing, or you know, oh he cut this deal with. So and so, you know, it's over, guys. You know, I'm, he's not getting my vote. Oh, he, you know, he, dare, he did the airstrike on Syria and all that. I, mean, I was there, I went earlier one. Right. 
And it's like, I mean, you're not going to have, especially from the perspective of a millennial or a Gen Z. Or idealistic, you know, yeah. Right. You, you're not going to have anybody perfectly in line, you know, mm-hmm. over the age of 40, really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it may sound like, you know, me coping about it, but, you know, like a Donald Trump was still much better than a Mitt Romney would ever be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's like Biden is like, not even like the compromise for y'all. Like yeah. they're saying, Bernie's a compromise candidate. Otherwise, it's like a, like an anarcho-communist revolution or something. And it's like, and then y'all got like the candidate that's that's literally going to be the exact same as like yeah. every other president beforehand. Yeah, he gave us uh, he gave us half a day for Juneteenth though. That was oh, true. Cool. Yeah, like half a day off was fantastic. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm not even gonna. I got stuck in traffic trying Juneteenth, to get a little change. That's fine. Yeah. Get half a day. Um, you know that that's cool. Any holidays? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, support. it's like a Lindy man said. You know, there are ten to twelve holidays a year. That was dramatically healthy. It was mental health. You know. Oh yeah, for sure. Who said that? Lindy man, Paul at. Paul, yeah. Was it at Paul Scalas? I believe it is. Yeah, yeah. Everybody check him out. Yeah, mm-hmm. we talked about him last. Yeah, week. he's he's up and coming, Kate. Yeah, he liked two of my tweets. That was cool. Awesome. I felt honored. Mm-hmm. He's probably not listening to this, but if you are, Lindy man, thank you. Mm-hmm. Come on the podcast, please. Yeah. So, in general, I'm I'm just so tired of just neoliberal mm-hmm. domination. You know, I, I don't think that it's American in the sense that, you know, it doesn't adhere to the principles of, of just what American culture is founded upon, you know, of just strength and mm-hmm. self-dependence and tough skin, you know, and not, you know, he just doesn't embody that you know and that's not to say you know we've really had anybody recently that does embody that Mm -hmm. um of course i'm biased you know teddy roosevelt is one of my favorite presidents Mm -hmm. uh just even just by aesthetic and persona alone you know i just think he was the perfect image of a president Mm -hmm. you know and it's just we see all it's like i said you know since world war ii we've just had these you know, clean cut PR presidents, you know, just a couple of exceptions, but yeah, for the most part, yeah. right, right. At least give off the aesthetic in public, you know, right. And so I think Joe Biden, uh, I say all of this to say that Joe Biden is a status quo president. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Nothing is going to change with him. Uh, it's like I said at the beginning, you know, it feels like we haven't even really had a president. Mm-hmm. There's really been not a whole lot of news. Coming out of you know, compared to like you know, was even memories for me was like you know Obama and Trump becoming president, you know, right? There's right. much more covered, but right. So it's just kind of a you know status quo maintaining with a few backpedals and you know social values depending on where you stand. You know, I don't think that his his administration is kind of in this gray area of being, you know, very progressive. But also just, you know, not at all, you know, just kind of stagnant. So basically Obama. Yeah, yeah, really. Um, or even... But less effective. Yeah, yeah. Even, uh, I would say, George Bush, really. I wouldn't say there was a whole lot of change. Um, 9-11 happened, though. Yeah, that's true. But I was kind of... I mean, that well, was, war well, aside, you know, he yeah. wasn't, he wasn't, you know, what... I mean, the political establishment made him out it, it, to yeah, be. There, you know? there was no like realignment or anything during the Bush years, really. Right. You know, it was like you know, I mean, you got Obama in there, but I mean, that's like they're all going to vote for him anyway. It just maybe turn increasing on black turnout or whatever. Right. But uh, you know, Joe Biden. I don't see as far as predictions go. I don't see Joe Biden helping the working man very much. You know, there might be some action with unions, or whatever. But unions are kind of split now, both in approval and in mm. you know whether or not they're going to turn into a mob installment or not <laughs> you know yeah and you see i mean you just see like union workers working class voters shifting towards the republican party while you know more affluent people particularly white affluent people are more shifting towards the dims so we just seeing real line i don't know it'll be i don't think it'll ever be i don't know i can't imagine it'll ever be like you know or republican will be the working class party and dims will be like the party of the elite entirely it'd be more complicated than that but Mm-hmm. It's interesting to see it happen. It's probably only going to continue. Yeah. 
I think we're going to have a very boring four years. Probably. By comparison. And I think there's just going to be more kind of like... It's really going to be the social issues that are going to be... Mm-hmm. The culture the, war. Yeah, the hinge on, on the Biden administration. I don't think there's going to be any any kind of uh, you know groundbreaking economic mm-hmm. policy or reform. He's just going to maintain you know this, the corporate nature of it all. So there's uh, one thing I wanted to bring up though about I think I think could be changed, but it's greater than you know the presidency in general. Mm-hmm. So America has had cycles of like you know extreme immigration restriction, and you know after a generation or two of that. You know, wages grow, wages go up. You know, things go transfer. There's like not enough population there. It'll, it'll have, it will open the floodgates per se, and then we'll a bunch in. There'll be restrictions again. You know, it's happened two or three times in American history. And since '65 in the Immigration Act, which you know dramatically increased immigration, particularly from Latin America and Asia, which you know firmly changed the country entirely. You know, where you can see there's, there's ups and downs. You know, racially became more diverse, culturally a lot more different ethnic groups and nationalities represented in America now, but you know, there's consequences to that. You know, real wages has stagnated since like 1970 because of, largely because of that influx of labor. But Biden's been kind of, almost kind of wishy-washy on immigration, at least what I've seen from, you know, from an outside perspective. Mm. Remember when he came in, you know, um, he did things like suspending deportations, like like a moratorium. Uh, He canceled any more border wall construction. And all that. I remember, like, really, as soon as he came in, there was like another migrant caravan who somehow had like freshly made Biden T-shirts, which is definitely not in- funded by some uh, sketchy NGO or anything. Yeah. And you know, he looked like he's be like he's the president. Like everyone's. I mean, I remember I was terrified. Like he's gonna pass amnesty. And he's gonna like you know flip all those border states blue, Florida permanently blue, all these ones. You know, just for political gain. You know, it's gonna hurt the working class tremendously by the influx of labor and all that. Right. You know, you saw this, like, there was a water, water crisis. Like, there's like tens of thousands of kids every month apprehended at the border, you know. Right. Probably for, like, you know, drug, people trying to drug peddlers and all that, coyotes, whatever. And it seemed like after a while, like, he, he hasn't anything about, as far as I remember, anything about amnesty, you know, trying to, like, send the migrants back home and such. So some reversals are happening. A lot of border officials saying it's very likely the wall construction will be, will be resumed very soon. Yeah. I'm kind of wondering if we're getting to this point now, just like even like a national level, that policymakers say well, we gotta restrict immigration, or it's you know, gonna destroy a, gonna destroy our, uh, you know, it's the wages, the wages of the workers. You know, like class mm-hmm. tensions are you know being quite high. People, you know, people, populist people are are uh, populist candidates are getting very popular nowadays. Right. So I'm wondering if it'll just be like a general trend now, a bipartisan thing, we have to you know restrict immigration again. Right. So it might just be like you know a secular cycle, beyond beyond anyone we beyond anyone can permanently control. Right. So, but we'll see that you know in the next several years that maybe something that fundamentally changes. Yeah. So if you had to if you had to give him a grade uh, for how he's doing, what would it be and and why? What are your main concise points as to why? Mm. Well. In December, it costs less than $50 to fill my car up. It's, it's a big car. It takes premium. And now it's like over 70 every time. Like, well, it was almost $80 when one of the spikes. Wow. And now it's like, and that's just like, that's hurt to me a lot. Cause I don't, I'm not, I, I mean, I, I work like, you know, an hourly position, manual labor. Yeah. So it's definitely affected me a lot, money wise. Mm. I mean, that's like a big thing at the end of the day, you know. And I remember reading about stuff about like soft, like soft inflation. I mean, I think you sent me this. It was, you know, instead of like, like people, like companies, like probably like a bag of chips. You know, instead of raising the price of the chips, they just put less chips in there. Right. It's that it's that kind of inflation that's going to be hurting us. That's that kind of stuff we're starting to see again because you know inflation really hasn't been bad since like the early '80s in America. It's always been relatively low mm-hmm. or sustainable, but we're yeah. seeing it growing now, and it's just like, it's going to hurt me on a direct scale now. You know. Oh yeah. So right I, now, I mean, I don't want to give anything too harsh because I'm like F minus or whatever. But I say like a D, probably. You know, it's been yeah. about what I expected, but but also not as terrible as well. You know, it's not the apocalypse division some people were were talking about. But right. Yeah, I I remember sending that to you now that you mentioned it. It was uh, it showed like a Hershey's bar, you know. Oh, the Toblerone, the Toblerone one too. Yeah, yeah, Toblerone. Yeah, and it was uh, it was. 
it was just like you know early 2000s versus now and it's like you know shrunk by you know 30 percent you know it's like two-thirds the size of of what it was you know and the prices remain the same and yeah we don't see much of much you know hope in fixing anything like that you know and it's the same with with gas i mean yeah to be fair it is like beyond the presidency in general but oh i know know, i know it just shows like a lack of decisive leadership and just in america and like biden is not going to change that at all right right i would give him probably a a c minus or a d plus okay libtard well i you know we're not at war we're not yet i mean he hasn't he hasn't accelerated this uh, perceived collapse, you know. I guess, but you know, he's he's. It's just more of an annoyance thing, you know, because I, I guess there's more to be said than a president who does nothing, as opposed to a president who destroys. You know, I I, so I guess there's that, you know. But you know, there's the gas prices. I need to stop saying you know. It's I say that too much. The gas price thing is going to hurt a lot of people, uh, which is inherent with Democrat presidents as it is. Mm-hmm. But this has just become very immediate. I guess I mean, he and, just he'll cut permits down just for political clout when it just literally just hurts everybody. Like, right. I mean, get, I mean, get, I mean you know, like people driving on the road, their cars being the work. I mean, it contributes to, to like pollution, of course, you know. But I mean. It's like those big factories. That's really what's you know going to be this plant. Well, guys, they do process a lot of oil and all that, but it's like it's in industrial areas, especially not in America necessarily. It's you know, in China and India, those rapidly industrializing countries that are putting all that carbon in mm-hmm. the atmosphere. Really, it's not as much the average Joe just trying to commute to work. Right. He's not going to be a friend to the Green New Dealers or the you know the Bernie Coalition. Or like, you know, the oil, natural gas workers and stuff. Right. He's, he's, so he's, I mean, yeah, it's just kind of, he's got some, he's got some, he's got 80s Republican, Mm -hmm. you know, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I I would say uh, probably a C minus D plus comfortably and that's being generous. Um, Yeah. Not too much, not too much hope for anything interesting happening. Yeah. If we're, if this thing is still around, we'll do a year report. Oh yeah. So, well, we'll according we'll see to some, if anything happens. according to one schizo Twitter user, Biden will be officially removed on July first. So, in a few days, we'll find this out for uh, certain. Yeah. Also, my mother's birthday too. Love you, mom. Nice, nice. Happy birthday. For President With Harris. That, do you have any other groundbreaking analysis? Is that it? Have we touched all the bases? Well, you see, I think things will only slowly change, but fundamentally stay the same. Big brain moment. Yeah. That's a tough one to digest. Mm-hmm. We will we'll leave you guys with that. Have a blessed day, night, whenever you're listening to this. Mm-hmm. And thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. Signing out.